theyeshiva.net. There's a, fam- there's a famous expression in the Zohar that Eirin Seif Lamay Lamay Laadin Kates Ulamata Mata Adin Tachlas, which means that truth in Seif Infinity extends up, 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 ad infinitum to no end in Kates, and Lamata Mata down, down, down also to no end. And one of the meanings of this is that truths express themselves not in one way, but in endless different manifestations and ways in the highest planes, but then they trickle down and are manifested in the lowest planes. One of the great Jewish philosophers in the Middle Ages is a man known as the Ralbag. He has a commentary on Tanakh. Rabbeinu Levi ben Gershon, Ralbag, Rabbeinu Levi ben Gershon. He has a book on philosophy, Sefer on Jewish philosophy, it's called Mulchama Is Hashem. Interesting name. The wars, the wars for God. And uh, in one of the essays over there, he has a lot, a lot of proofs. He tries to prove from languages and linguistics and different aspects of the world that there's a creator. And after he brings a huge amount of proofs, he finishes and he says a line, This is the, the quality of truth, the characteristic of truth, that any angle will endorse it. Meaning a lie... There's always, you have, to, you have to know how to position it, right? Camera, cameramen, uh, theatrical experts, uh, PR people know you have to know how to, uh, you got to position the story to create a perspective, to create an impression. Yeah. MS, whichever angle you're going to catch it from, it's going to remain that way. Why? Because it's true. This doesn't mean any. Every, I don't mean only any every physical angle. I mean any angle. With a lie, as long as you don't know the other half of the story, as long as you don't know what happened yesterday, you don't know this, you don't know that, you could believe it. In other words, it always has to be sold. It has to be packaged because it's a lie. Because it's not legitimate. It's not essential. It's not true. MS. You could investigate. You could look this there, up, down, yesterday, tomorrow. <laughs> It's it's gonna it's going to remain true. That's the school of Emmas. The school of Emmas is that it's never not going to be true. It's not based on circumstances or based on positioning. So that's what he says. And that's what he says. You look here, you'll find it. You look here, you'll find it. Wherever you look, you're ultimately going to come back to it. Why? Because it's true. Things that are false, ultimately, at some point, they crumble. They melt. Their impact, their appeal, their power wanes with time. Even if they were very, very powerful. They may have swept the world. But ultimately, new situations come up. Things get revealed. People become smarter. Ultimately, because it's not really true, it was just forced or or staged. So with time and with change with flux the falsehood emerges with MS it's the other way around the more time passes the more it becomes authentic you have it even in the Jewish world you have forces or ideas or, or, or situations in a particular it was very very powerful and it was almost popular to, to hold on to this you felt like you're riding with the wave but it was a wave and then after a certain period of time Things pass and, okay, garnished. In Yanam that are MS, that are true, maybe at a certain time it, str- it was struggle, it was a struggle to maintain it, but it's true. So it persists. It persists through the tests of time, the tests of fluctuations. And ultimately, as the Pasuk says, Hashem Elikim MS. And therefore it's eternal, La'olam Vod. No difference where you look. You could look in heaven, you could look in earth. 
That's what the Ralbag is saying in different words. And that's why whenever you want to touch the truth of something from different perspectives, it will you, you'll come back to it. He means in the fact that he studies geology and he finds it. He studies language and he finds it. He studies culture and he finds it. He studies cosmology and he finds it. He studies mathematics, he finds it. Because it's going to come out everywhere. If it's true, if it's the truth of the reality, it's going to, it's going to come out here, it's going to come out there, it's going to come out there. But it's also an, a, 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 a truth in life. We know in our own lives, there are things, if you dig deep enough, it's going to disappear. In other words, this thing exists under certain circumstances. If you go deeper, it may completely wane. Things that are MS, really MS, they persist. They're there. As deep as you go, it's going to be there. Why am I giving you this introduction? We're learning here about the concept of Tzimtzum Shaloi Kipshutai which actually he doesn't use those words here. He uses the word simtsum a lot, that it's not uh, where was it not simtsum? The words is that Lagabi Erdin Sof ain't shum That relative to the Erdin Sof there's no simtsum. And even Lagabi the Nevroyim, it's not a Hester Amiti, it's not a real concealment. So From the energy that I receive, that I sense from uh, parts of the audience, it's uh, you sit and you behave very nicely, most of you. Uh, very few people text. Maybe it's too early, there's nobody to text to, everybody's sleeping. And uh, obedient, and you sit. I mean, some obviously go to daydreaming, but that's essential to... Uh, to a Jewish experience, to a she wouldn't be a sheer if nobody would daydream. But more or less, uh, I commend you for. Uh, I don't know if I would be able to sit as a with uh, with obedience and commitment, with a low ceiling, and uh, without uh, a very elaborate view, <laughs> and listen very carefully. But sometimes, if I uh, if I sense correctly. Uh, some of us ask the question like, where, where are you getting at? The Shmeichos, the Chabachavanyavan. yeah, okay, at least with one person, the Chabachavanyavan. Where are you getting at? Where are you getting at? It's going to be another uh, abstract, transcendental pilpul about a new marshal that a teacher gave. How many mashalim he gives? <laughs> you know, the, the, sometimes a marshal is an exciting marshal. So from the excitement of the marshal, yeah, you have a good joke, a good story. Okay, I already tolerate the nimshal. Think is the maisa, yeah. What do they say? Hamaisa who are you care? Lo ya Somebody said the main thing is the thing is the maisa, the story. What's the story? Yeah, people like stories, but when the marshal itself is a nimshal, <laughs> what's the value of the marshal? But the truth is that when you learn this type of material, <coughs> this could be a great error. And I'll give an example. And I'll give a marshal. <laughs> I'll give a marshal. Hopefully the marshal contains the whole nimshal. But it's going to be a marshal. And then I want to show what I mean by the marshal practically also. There are two types of doctors, two types of healers. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll tell us which one you fit into. There's a doctor that used to say, just like they used to have stores, yeah, what were they called? Grandmother stores. Uh, what are they called? The stores you go in and you buy your mom and pop stores. Everybody knew some people grew up, your mom and pop stores. The guy was there 45 years, 65 years, right? He saw you be born, he saw you grow up, he saw you bar mitzvah, he saw you... Ma- you know, he was there, he's always there in the store. When he couldn't be there, his wife was there. When they couldn't be there, the kids were there, the kids left high school because they had to run the, the mom and pop store. 
and you went into that store and you bought your milk, <laughs> you bought your uh, your fruits, and then you went into another store where you bought your undershirts, and then you went into a third store where you bought screws and a hammer and nails, etc. Then Costco came along, Home Depot came along, large, large commercial stores, outs, outs, one stop, you stop here, you spend seven and a half hours at Costco, and you, uh, you stock up for the winter. It's a different model. You have a doctor, you come to the doctor, you have an identifying, there's a, there's a problem. This one is suffering, his foot hurts, and this one's hands hurts, and this one is having headaches, and this one has a problem in his chest. Maybe serious, maybe not serious, maybe something that needs nothing, maybe something that needs something a little, maybe a little cure, maybe something that needs a serious treatment. And that's what the doctor has to identify. In other words, the focus is on a detail. A detail in the body, it's hurting me, I'm having aggravation, irritation, I need help. There's another type of healer, he's not coming to address a certain illness, even though it may be triggered by illness, but rather somebody who can appreciate the entire system of the body, the entire organism. He doesn't look at your nose, he doesn't look at only one near your toe, it doesn't even look like, doesn't only look like your chest, as significant or into your ears, as significant as this is, of course. But rather, what you call today holistic, holistic medicine, wants to see the entire person, the entire person. And its objective is not because you're hurting. The objective is, what's a lifestyle that will enhance and promote your the totality of your health. And everything is must be taken into consideration. From the brain, of course, to the toe. From the pancreas, the liver, the kidney, to the pinky. Every, every organ, every tissue, every bone, every limb is, is an indispensable part, or at least a, an important part. Obviously, some parts are more indispensable than others. Of the entire goof of, the, of, of, of nefesh adam, of, of, of life. Now they talk about the Focusing on illness versus focusing on wellness. Wellness being... Focusing on what? Wellness. No, not just that you're not sick, but your mamish. Wellness. Focusing on wellness, right. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. Being well. Now, of course, sometimes that's triggered by a, by a, by a challenge. A person is obese, a person is having problems with, with one system or another system, etc., but he's not looking, okay, here's the infection, we're going to focus on it. Even if they're focusing on an infection, it's part of a lifestyle. And that includes the bigger picture. The bigger picture. How you live and what you eat and how you sleep and where you live and how you function and what type of activities do you have. And of course, all other issues. And sometimes you've got to go much deeper. You talk about the blood types and genetic makeup and disposition and cellular, exploring cellular levels. I mean, this itself is layers upon layers upon layers. What does it mean, the bigger picture? Because the big picture is very, very complex, as we know, and in that itself, there's external and more internal, more internal. There's many svarim of Musa. There's also many svarim of Chassidus. There's, of course, many svarim of Ashkafa, of Machshava. And each one is a is an infinite blessing. Each one is is unique in the energy it brings, in the truth it says, and in the in the in the function objective it's trying to create. Very often, though, the focus is on a specific midah. You have an issue with this midah. You're having gaiva. So let's talk about gaiva, selfishness, kina, sinna, lashon hara, rechilas, atzlos. Atzvos. And these are important stuff. They're infections in the soul that, that compromise life and compromise relationships. And they're often built like that. And that's what you're tuning into. When you learn the Svarim of the Balatanya and his successors, often what's being addressed is not a... Pers- we didn't have a word about laziness, depression, sadness, selfishness, which are the middas, tikkun midas, fixing middas. Instead, he's talking about uh, 
Havayan, Alekim, and Oiris, and Kalim, and Gilui, and Bligvul, and Gvul. What the Vasu? What about, what about uh, fixing my life, making my life better, spiritually, emotionally, physically? Vesilis Yisharim starts off right away. A person has to know, Chayvas Ha'odam Ba'elamai, his obligation in this world, Kadesh Yiske, Lechaya, Elam Ha'ba, Yishmei Putava, Elam Ha'ba. Tell me Chayvas Ha'odam Ba'elamai, so you're telling me about Oiris and Caleb, which is all nice and beautiful and abstract, and if somebody maybe has a Chush in Kabbalah and Oiris and Caleb and Sim, so fine, it's very intriguing. And it's with explanations. But the truth is, it's exactly the other way around. The objective of these explanations is to be able to give a person the full picture. Not just the full picture of their own organism, so to speak, but the full picture of the cosmic organism. And not just of this cosmic organism, of this universe, but of all of existence. So that a person can appreciate Yiddishkeit, and life from inside out, beginning from the top all the way trickly down to the bottom, appreciating the full grand perspective of what life is, what the meaning of life is, what Torah is, what mitzvahs are, what Yiddishkeit is, what is our relationship with Hashem, what is the meaning of existence, what is the meaning of self. For this, I can't discuss one infection. I have to appreciate at least somewhat and get a perspective into the grand scheme of things that is both very big and then also trickles down to something very small. The topic here is, and this is going to be an illustration of this, is how we understand the idea of concealment. The fact that there is a tzimtzum that's a basic doctrine for cold boy Torah Hasoid, meaning all those who know a little bit of Shittas Haris, I'll know that there was a said that, that the major doctrine is Tzimtzum. But how do you understand it? So the main point, if we could sum it up in a few sentences, is that infinity excludes otherness, Infinity excludes otherness, because infinity means it's all. For there to be a world, any world, even the most spiritual, sublime world, for there to be any finiteness, for there to be any identity experiencing itself outside of Ein Saif, the Ein Saif, infinity, must uh, go through a tzimtzum. Ahelam. His marshal, of course, was the teacher with the student. The teacher reveals all of his depth and all of his information, and the student can't absorb anything. He has to run. Which in the nimshal would mean not run. The world has to run, but it means there's no... Uh, it, it, it ceases. It ceases to be because there's no room for it. Reality does not create room for you. Sorry. You don't fit into reality. Just like this teacher has no room for this student. You don't belong in this classroom. Because just <laughs> there's no room for you here. The, what the information that, 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 that comes that comes here, that goes that that uh, emerges here can't be uh, accepted. The two are mutually exclusive, so he has to shut down. And in this case, what does it mean the world shuts down? It doesn't exist, it ceases to exist. So what does the teacher have to do? He has to, as we said, create a symptom and only give a little ray, a little trickle. He has to obscure the depth of the knowledge. Derech Tzorah. Give it with brevity, with conciseness, with simplicity. And not only that, dress it up in metaphors and allegories and mashallah. And then the student can absorb it. But, we said, but inside of that, he put in everything but it may take 40 years to unravel. But at least now he gets something, and then with that he can grow until he comes back to the teacher's mind. And in the nimshal, what that meant was, Hashem hu elikim, that the entire tzimtzum, what does tzimtzum mean here? Tzimtzum means that divine, the divine truth, the divine infinity had to dress up and cloak itself and obscure the light dramatically in order to be able to create a finite ray of elokus that enters into the empty space called the makam that is devoid 
devoid of, you with me? Huh? That is devoid of, uh, of infinite presence called the Makam HaKhalo. Only a ray could come in and give vitality and consciousness to, to, to a universe that is defined by parameters, by identity, by categories, by description, by a sense of self, by limitation. And again, within this, you're dealing with, with infinite, infinite levels of consciousness from the highest to the lowest. Every single creature in this world operates on a different level of consciousness. You can't compare the consciousness of a blade of grass to the consciousness of a, uh, of a, of a highly intelligent homo sapien. You can't compare the consciousness of a, of a gorilla, of an ape, to the consciousness of a caterpillar or a turtle, and you can't compare the consciousness of a turtle to the consciousness of a boulder. But whatever the, uh, a rock, but whatever the state of consciousness is, it's based, its identity is based on, on, on the chius that trickles down into that world. So on one level, it's, this world is based on absolute concealment. And what happened if God would say, enough with the tzimtzum, it's been a nice experiment for 5,779 years. Let's go back to reality, guys. Recess is over. What are they? Recess is over. Let's go back to reality. What would that scene look like if the tzimtzum would seize, right? And the answer is, what would it, what, what, what would it look like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Hashem Right, yeah. So, 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 so the the universe is based on an act of self suspension by God, if you wish, self forgetfulness, self transcendence, right? And and to put in this point, this is a unique. This is based on a unique premise because usually, if you were to ask. Does the universe express the divine or not? And the answer is, of course. This is divine art. Look at, look at the Grand Canyon. Or just study how a tree grows. This is divine art. Pieces of art express the artist. Mansions of architecture express the builder, the architect. Symphonies express the musician. Novels and books express the skill and wisdom of the author. Oratory masterworks express the skills and wisdom of the communicators. Students and classrooms express the power of teachers, etc. Our work is a manifestation and an expression of us, our talents, our skills, our wisdom, or the lack of it, or our ignorance. But what you write expresses you. Chachem mahu oimer. So there's the famous taich. Chachem mahu oimer. Tam mahu oimer. When you listen to somebody speak, mahu, you see what they are. The world. Marabu masach Hashem, David HaMelech says. Magadlu masach Hashem. Look at this piece of artwork. You don't have to just look at the whole cosmos and look at the stars at night. You could study the tiniest, tiniest creature, the tiniest cell, and you will have enough to study for 5,000 years and change. And that's true. Comes Arizal and says, it's not really that way. <laughs> More than the world expresses God, the world is actually a product of God not expressing himself. The world is a product of Hashem uh, suspending his light, not expressing. Because expression of Ein Saif would look very different. So that actually, the, the, the world, what it's expressing more than anything else is the absence of full expression. Which has profound ramifications. But as a result of this, one looks at the world and says it's based on absence, based on concealment. And it couldn't be any other way. As explained, comes the Maiman says, based on the Marshall, you understand that that's a very that's true, but it's a limited perspective. Why? Because for the Ain Saif, 
there was never a concealment. Just like the teacher, even when he compresses all of his knowledge in a simple formulation, right? Sometimes in physics they'll have these uh, one-line formulations like Einstein's theory, etc. You know, when you look at it, it's just a one-liner, it's compact, it's clear, everybody can say it over, every high school student repeats it, you get tested on it, and so forth. When you hear it, you just hear a simple formulation, a line. But from the physicist's perspective, the one who wrote it, in that line, maybe 40 years of research. I may not have that when I have access to that line, right? I may just have a definition of matter, a definition of energy, a definition of light, a definition of chemistry. But for the one who formulated it, that one line is sleepless nights, sleepless weeks, sometimes sleepless years. It's one line. What's the big deal? And everyone knows it and everybody has it. (laughs) For you, it's one line. For me, it's blood, sweat, and tears. It's all in there. That's the brilliance of it. And if you're there 40 years with this line, you'll get there. So for him, it's not a concealment. It's not compact. It's not concise. It's everything within. Even in the marshal, he sees the whole nimshu. The chiddush is from the student's perspective. Even from the student's perspective, he says, Tzimtzum is not really concealment. Why? It's the only way the teacher can reveal. He wants to give. He doesn't want to hold back. But if you want to give, you have to give in a way that the person should be able to receive. If Ain Saif wants to have a relationship, he wants to bring it into the world, you have to speak to the world. It has parameters. You can't flood it. If not, you have a spiritual divine tsunami. And the result of a tsunami is, Kamayim layam achasim. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. And here we don't mean nothing left because there's a flood like the marble, the Titanic goes under. We're not talking in physical space. Nothing left means you're not under the water. There's essentially no room for it. So the whole symptom is really a prat of gilui, a of gilui, of expression. Even more than that, you could say, okay, I got it. You're trying to give, but what are you trying to give? You're trying to give me peanuts. He's trying to give me shalashudas. He's trying to give me some the leftover. I want the shmogas board shahu. No, that's the next step. I want to give you everything. Just like I want to give the student everything. So I compact it, and within there, you have everything. Now you have to unravel. Why? Because since legabe the mashpia, there was no tzimtzum. So he says, therefore, legabe the makabal, there's also no tzimtzum. Haba hatalia. Because he sees in the marshal everything, that means he gave you everything. It's just a process for you to explore it. Because he sees, you get this? Because he sees in the marshal everything, it means there's no concealment, it's just a process. He gave you everything. Because for him it's not a concealment, that means it's not concealment, it's part of communication, it's part of revelation. Ah. Huh? Oh, now you're going to the other extreme. That's the question. So he says, well, why do you call it symptom? Call it gilui. <laughs> because it's a symptom. Another question. Hashem could have given us bigger kalim to see bigger areas. I give us little finite kalim and then give it something. In higher worlds, there's more kalim. You're right. Every world has the kalim that it needs in order to accomplish its mission, to be able to get its, its, its muscle. Remember, every world and every creature gets a different nimshal based on your keli. Again, the hear the marshal is incomplete. A teacher can give one shear to everybody. People can hear it in different ways. Here, everybody gets a different shear. <laughs> the word shear means what? What does shear mean? Measurement. Why is a class called a shear? Anybody knows? Why? Why is a class called? You're going to a shear. There's going to be a shear tonight. What's much more than this, because the definition of a shear is what? Measurements. You know, in the kitchen you take a measuring cup, right? And what if you get rid of the measuring cup? Is a churban in the kitchen? Measuring cup. You don't just make, we're making a cake tonight. How much sugar? How much margarine, the most important thing? How much oil? How much mayonnaise? Dr. Michelle, what else? <laughs> but if, if like you began that the, the Abishter is from the, the uppermost to the lowermost, yesterday you, you said that this is the last word that there could be a tikkun. Yeah. If everything is a series of kingdoms, so shouldn't the tikkun therefore extend 
infinitely high and infinitely low to all the worlds and all the kingdoms. Yes. So why is this, you said, sorry. No, what I'm saying is that in this world, the concealment reaches a crescendo. <laughs> in this world, the concealment reaches. In higher worlds, there is concealment. There has to be concealment. But in lower worlds, there's still, there's worse concealment, there's worse concealment. Well, this is the lowest world. So my question was, can we conceive of a lower world? We know that this is the lowest world. In a series of proofs, it seems that the Tzimtzum... Read the news. Read the news. I'm aware of the news. I'm analytically, this is the last stop on the subway, right? Yeah. Then it seems to me that the subway keeps going. Who knows where, who cares where it goes? Oh. But, but it, it goes, nevertheless, right? After after this world, there are a series of stars. Let's put it this way. This world is the lowest world where there's still hope. <laughs> That's the definition. But that hope is part of the ray that we get, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we have to top on. That's yes, uh, 100%. Back yes, exactly. Because people spend their lives yes. Yes. So this world is the lowest rung on the ladder from which you could climb back. There may be there may be rungs, but uh, of course, lo yidach me menonidach, lo yidach me menonidach, right? Nobody ultimately is lost. Are some people limited more than others as far as being able to to comprehend names? Of course, sheer. It's a sheer. It's a measurement. Yeah, but that's just you have a seven-ounce cup. You have a sixteen-ounce cup. You have an awesome barrel. Just like within people, everyone has their own kalim. This one, this person, is sensitive to this these truths, so somebody else doesn't even doesn't even relate to it. But if it's if it's all the muscle for the nimshal, and it's all symptom in order oh. to, to get back to the inside, we all should. That's have true. The same capability, just some may be harder than others, or. That's true, ultimately, but you have to work with your muscle. You're right. What was the question? He's saying, if, if every muscle is really not a symptom, so everyone is connected with everything. That's a very deep truth. But I have to reach that through my keli, through my muscle. You're right, in the ultimate source of it. Because it's just the way the nimshal is being manifested. But it may have gone through a tremendous, like we spoke about Shleim HaMelech, who had to give three thousand mashalim, each mashal a mashal and another mashal. But when you are on a higher level of wisdom, you don't need three thousand mashalim. You may be able to stop at mashal one hundred and twenty-nine. But you're right, even mashal three thousand is 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 linked, is linked to the nimshal. Now, not everybody agreed with this principle. This is a tr- this is a fundamental principle in the world of Chassidus, especially in the world of Chassidus Chabad, which developed this at length. Not every Gadol Yisrael agreed with this principle. As I told you, there were different perspectives about Simtzum. Some argued differently about the Simtzum, and what I want to show you in a few moments, is where ramifications become very dramatic and where what seems as an abstract discussion about Meshalem, Nimshalem, Ein Saif, Helem, Gilu, Eris, Kalem, Tzimtzum, Hester, right, is not just, uh, it's not just practical. <laughs> it rather can define an entire way of looking at Judaism. Yeah. Isn't it the same that I'm dealing? It says, Ankle for the stock as a shame. No. So when I have to carry the world, I created everything. Which means a car, internet, technology, everything was created, right? It took so many years yes. to develop it, yes. to grasp it, to understand it. A very good marshal. For thousands of years, the only way I could speak to people. It changed the time, it just kept on. Exactly. Very good marshal. Very good marshal. For thousands of years, if I wanted to speak to a crowd, I had to gather them into the room. I had the emperor of Rome. 
he still had to gather them in the room, or in a, or in a, or in a coliseum, or in a gymnasium, or in a circus, or in a theater. But you had to gather them for thousands of years, and no one could even conceive of another possibility. If you want to communicate in the distance, you had to write a letter. And it took six months or eight months or two months to arrive, and then the person could read the information. Achashvedish, Hasusim, went out, Nitna, with the Ksav, with the edict of Achashvedish, this way or that way. But even before the tweet, even before the internet, when they discovered the radio waves, and they discovered suddenly you could convert words into electronic signals and currents, and the miracle of the telegraph, the miracle of the telegram, the miracle of radio. People t- 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 take radio for granted, the radio, grace gedula, big deal. <laughs> but but uh, don't take it for granted. The person is sitting here and speaking, and on the other side of the planet, somebody hears him and hears him clear, or at least as it used to be with a little static. <laughs> but you can hear, it was incredible. To his point then, so the muscle is keeping on growing? Exactly. So what happened? Radio waves weren't discovered uh, in the early 19... They weren't invented, they weren't created in the early 1900s. They were there. But we didn't have the kalim, we didn't have the lenses, the glasses, to be able to perceive it, to be able to see it. It was there, it was all there. God didn't say, okay, 1900, time for Anayavelt. It was there with Adam and Chava. But what, what was missing? What was missing is the student. The student had the world and he saw something with time. And this is all of science is based on this. Isn't there a game line in science in Kashmir when there's the potential for that same... Yes. Yes. This is, and this is the incredible... This is the incredible blessing of, of human progress in the most positive sense of the word. Of course, it works different, in, sometimes it could be used in different ways. And that is, humanity, right, is unraveling the muscle. The world is a muscle. We're unraveling it. Wow. And suddenly you discover capabilities that are inherent, inherent to existence. We are radio waves. Where are they? <laughs> they were always right here. Where are they? What are you tuning into? Take electricity. What about electricity? How we take for granted electricity. Where was electricity for 5,000 years? We're lighting candles. We're using, where was electricity? It was right here in front of your nose. It's a koyach in the world. It's all there. But you have to be able to see it. You have to be able to fall on it. You have to be able to discover it, extract it. And the great genius is not the person who invents reality. The great genius is the one who turns our attention to that which is always there. And after he says it, we're like, oh, that's simple. <laughs> what do they say? First you say something, and they call you a mashugana, right? Then they argue with you, and then they repeat you. And then they attribute it to themselves. Now that's what happens with all great geniuses. In the Jewish world too. First they say you're Meshugana, then they say you're an Apikairis, you're Tzedreite. First you're Tzedreite, then you're a lowlife, yeah? Then they argue, and then they say the same thing, and then they always said it. <laughs> if you read the history of the Rambam, you'll see what I'm talking about. But the unwrap, that means, take your point, that the unraveling we're doing here is different than the unraveling they did in the 1700s. Because the mushal that we see here is a mushal that is much more highly developed than the mushal. So we trace backward. We're not tracing backward from the same spot. We had a different mushroom. They didn't have the mushroom of radio waves. They didn't have the mushroom of the internet. The flying boat. Oh. But the truth is, your mushroom is better than you think. Because really, really, okay, every. It's the Kaylee. Yeah, but every discovery in science and in biology and in cosmology and in physics. I'm not talking about theories that may be disproven in 50 years. There's, there's merit to that too. Theories, which is basically a working hypothesis, and it may be disproven, which is what science is based on. Whenever science speaks in absolute terms, it leaves the world of science. When a scientist speaks about science in absolute terms, 
I call him a religious fanatic. <laughs> That's not a scientist. A scientist is somebody who always has to say, on I may be convinced, but do I know that I have all the tools? Uh, when the when the tele- when they started to, uh, it was I think in, in the early 1900s. I once read an article. Uh, somebody made a state. I have to look it up. Fascinating. They developed I think the te- the, the telegraph or the telegram. So one of the scientists wrote, it was like 1904, 1905, and, and the, the, the Wright brothers uh, uh, invented a, a disc- aviation, the ability to fly the first airplane. He wrote, everything there is left to discover in the world, everything that there is to discover in the world has been discovered. Yeah, they tried to close the U.S. patent office. Yes. Because it's finished. They, they, yeah, the U.S., there's nothing else. And, and I can understand them. Industrial revolution, you have electricity. You have water in your in your in your in your in your house, running water in your house. You take a bathtub in your house. Yeah? The Gemara says in Shabbos, Ezo Ashir, what's the definition of wealth? You can eat a meal and gain to the base Is there more wealth than that? Some of you call yourself poor. You have a shulchan, you have a beisakisei. That's the definition of wealth. You don't have to walk nine miles to find the Beisakise and be afraid with Mazikim and Shadim and so forth. What, what else was there to discover? <laughs> it's comical because today, within the last few years, they discovered things that 5,000 years they didn't discover. In this century alone, the world changed more than it changed in terms of technology. It changed more than it changed in five millennia. So, but it's really deeper because every discovery that is authentic is really a step closer to the nimshal. If you'll notice, all the discoveries lead to one place, and that is the unity of the cosmos and the convergence of matter into energy and energy into matter and the discovery that what seems physical is really spiritual and what seems predictable is unpredictable, and the convergence of the material, matter and energy, Gashmis and Ruchnius, and the unity of the cosmos, that is at the core of the discoveries, which basically is bringing the world from the mushal closer and closer and closer to the nimshal, where the Ein Saif is simply dressed up in the cloak of what we call nature, or cosmology, or geography, or biology, or science, or any aspect of the universe. So it's not just a mushal. <laughs> Your mushal is part of the nimshal, <laughs> like every mushal. In, in, in a sense, the mushal is um, to be more, more of a symptom in a way, because it used to be in the times of the game, and there, there, there wasn't all this stuff. So what it was, what it was the creation, the creation. Both ways, you're right. It's both ways. Like how often do people look at the sky? And how often do people? Uh, you're right. That's also true. So is, is technology today the highest science? Because, for example, the internet. I don't know what internet before the invention of internet. I, I don't personally don't know. Take the World Wide Web, www, right, internet which officially became, emerged in 1994, 20, 24 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. Anybody who's 10 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, 25 years old, even 30 years old, doesn't know of a world without... 1994. 1994. That's the, that's the next. Yes, yes, we're talking about we, we laymen, we're not talking about you geniuses, we're talking about we simpletons. When we, when we started to have email addresses... Huh? We, I t- I've said, we're not talking about geniuses like you. We're talking about us laymen. IBM had it in 84. Yes, IBM had it in 84. <laughs> but I'm talking about when Chaim Yankel. I'm talking about when Chaim Yankel got access. Listen, Russia. Russia had everything always. Rush, as you know, Russia... Didn't have to have things to have things. <laughs> Russia had propaganda. <laughs> we digress. 
So, uh, so, it's hiding so, Hashem more. So it's hiding Hashem more in a way. It's hiding on one level, but on another level, if you see it for what it is, what did it do? What did it do? Huh? Took away our civil liberties. It allows for information to spread. Ah, exercises your free will that you don't have. That too, but it carves away. Allows for the The ability for somebody to say something of elikus of divine Torah, and that very moment. It could be heard, seen, experienced around the entire planet. That's essentially a a tremendous divine reality and potential that was always existing in the world. It was always there. It was there within our capabilities, but you have to be able to to see the nimshal and the marshal. It takes 40 years, sometimes it takes 6,000 years to see it. That's what prog- real progress is. And all the progress is leading to one place. Are there choices? Of course there are choices. <laughs> That's what makes human life human life. I could take the greatest, the greatest inventions, the greatest discoveries, and completely misconstrue them, and even use them in counterproductive ways. We don't have to speak about atomic energy and nuclear energy. What, what do you do with atomic energy? You can light up a world, and you can do other things to the world. And it's not so complex, this concept. It's like a challah knife. You could take a challah knife and cut challah and ingest uh, holy carbs into your body, talking about nutrition, or you could take a knife and use it for other things. The surgeon takes a knife and saves lives, and gangsters take knives and do other things with knives. Right? That's true with a knife, and it's true with almost any scientific... Discovery as complex as it is. But that's the choice of taking the marshal and seeing it as a reflection of unity, of love, of infinity, or taking the marshal and detaching it and turning it into something self-contained and even narcissistic, which is basically doing a misservice to the marshal because the whole essence of the marshal is just the way the nimshal is coming out. When I use the internet or I use radio, or I use television. For Kedusha, it's not Pshat, I'm using it for something nice. I am using it. <laughs> I'm, you don't have to finish the sentence. I'm using it. When I use the internet, right, for, for, for counterproductive purposes, I'm not using the internet. I'm, 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 I'm abusing the internet. Because what is it? The internet is a koyach eliki that Hashem put into the world. Nobody, nobody can create radio waves. Nobody created the capability for internet. God did. It's God's creation. That's what it is. We now accessed it because our kalim have evolved, have developed. And what's the purpose of that? To be able to see the nimshal more. When I misuse it, it's not just I'm misusing it, I'm using it, and I'm not using it, I'm taking it. I'm taking its very truth and I'm distorting its truth. The Mishnah says this in Pekiyavis, Does that include radio? <laughs> Did he not create that capability? Does that, that not, does that not include internet? And that's why a person needs boundaries. A person needs boundaries because I don't always know how to use the muscle in the right way. That's true. That's true. drinking wine on Shabbos is a mitzvah, and using wine for Avdallah is a mitzvah, and using wine for Arba Kaisis is a mitzvah, and we say when we make Kiddush, it's a mitzvah, and then an alcoholic is using the same wine, which is a mitzvah, and destroying his life and his marriage, and for him it becomes an Aveda. So to be very abstract from it, the same love that Yosef discarded in favor of the love that traces all the way back to Yaakovino, is the same internet that, yeah. that we can yeah. use back to Bonjour exactly. use exactly. and leave behind the... Yeah. The wife of Poitifar today is called an internet. Although the wife of Poitifar still lives also. <laughs> In the internet too. <laughs> you could look at it and trace it back. 
He looked at Eishas Paitifer and he used her as a marshal for Tiferes. It's a hafla de kavart from the Maggit. He saw in the wife of Paitifer Yaakov. You're looking for beauty. Take beauty. Seize beauty. Seize the moment. Suck the marrow out of beauty. You want Tiferes? Take Tiferes. Take Yaakov. What are you taking up as the... Imagine somebody comes to a chasen a beautiful smorgasbord. I was once at a bar mitzvah, a person at a smorgasbord, yeah? It was a half a block. It was mamish endless. And the oilamot gezich, that you couldn't, you couldn't satiate your eyes. And then you go to the garbage can to take the bones. What are, you, what, are you, what are you going to the bones? That's where dogs hang out. You can go to the spear ribs, what do you have to go to the bones? <laughs> I know it's too early for spear ribs at the moment. But you understand. What are you? You're going to go to Hashem's Patifa, go to Yaakov Avinu. The same idea exists in everything in the world. And from here come, comes a tremendous consequence in Hashkofa. And I'm going to say the following statement in Bli uh, Nader in one or two minutes and uh, call it a day, <laughs> call it a morning. There is an inherent debate in Hashkafa. And as many debates, it's not black, white, right, wrong. There's perspective in this, there's perspective in this truth. What is the ultimate calling of Yiddishkeit? To use, again, spiritual terminology, precious or halbasha? is the ultimate calling of Judaism, segregation, asceticism. The world, by definition, is a dark place. You have to be here, because that's where God sent you, but stay as far as possible. The hashkof is based on the fact the world is a place of filth and junk and garbage. You have to be here, God sent you here, and there's good things you do here. What are the good things? Torah, tefillah, mitzvahs, maizim toivim. But the real place is over there, up there. Nenem is That's a hashkafa that's very authentic in Judaism. And you'll hear tons of shiurim based on this premise. The, the teacher may not say it at every shiur, but the, 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 the hashkafa is, it, it's, all the hashkafas, uh, tri, uh, they derive, they're derivatives from this basic premise. Issue number one. Issue number two, again, very similar. What's our relationship to the body, to the guf? There's a hashkafa that says the guf, you need it. You can't live without it. But put it in perspective. Lincoln has liberated the slaves. Don't liberate your body. Treat it as a slave. It's choymer, it's brute, it's be'etzem, muktzemach masmiyas. It has this idea that it has to sleep. Eight hours sleep. It has its idea that it gets hungry. The arrogance of a body. Now it needs to eat. Now it needs to drink. Ruchnius, avoid the That's where it is. You gotta feed. You gotta. You need a body to survive. Nebuch, you need kalim to live in. So take care of it. But again, the ultimate place is where the neshama could say bye bye. I don't have to spend eight hours a night and then eating and drinking and dealing with everything the body, the body needs and has. The body essentially is a place where you need to survive. Again, God wants it, but the soul is where it's at. Third question, and this is a deep question. The first two are also deep questions. And that is, what's the real place of individuality in the religious imagination of Judaism. What do I mean by individuality? I mean, people have individual characteristics. There's what makes you, you. Your talents and your resources and your mishagasen and your characteristics and your inclinations. What we call personality. Personality. This one's imagination is rich and this one has skills in this particular art and this one is an artist and this one is a builder and this one is uh, (coughs) sensitive to one field of life and another field of life. Your individuality, what is the place for that in Judaism? 
One perspective may be individuality, individualism is a distraction at best. Maybe a little necessity, but at best a compromise. Where do we connect? We connect by transcending selfhood and tuning into a divine which is infinite. And therefore, your individual characteristics are at best, they're they're just a distraction. Which is why there is really one generic path for Kalal Yisrael, although we make compromises because we have to. We have to. But essentially, there's one one place where you really, at every bar mitzvah, we wish to bach exactly the same thing. And we hope for the best. We expect the worst. <laughs> and we hope for the best, and we know there's alternatives, but there's really one place to be. Yes, you're not ready for it, just like you're not ready not to eat. Where the people who didn't eat, yeah, the Ostrov Sarebbe fasted for 40 years. Why? He didn't want to deal with, with, with eating. Could you blame him? He was busy. Didn't want to deal with eating. The Vilna Gon slept two, three hours a night, and also not more than a half an hour. <laughs> Each time a half an hour. He didn't have time. He said one day when, I, when his sister came to see him. So he said, now I don't have time. God willing, I'll die one day, we'll meet. The first two sound a little more Christian ideas. They're not Christian ideas, the first two. They're not Christian ideas. I could show you a lot of Sparta that speak about a lot of Sparta. They're not Christian ideas. And they're, as I speak, they're being communicated in, in holy places. Did you say the Christians took it from, from another source? All these questions and hundreds of more that I'm not touching on right now are just trickles. They're just, uh, what's the word I'm using for... Uh, their ramifications, their manifestations of one question. Tzimtzum kipshutoi or shaloi kipshutoi? How you understand tzimtzum? But when you understand it in terms of tzimtzum, you have the whole picture. And now you'll see it in thousands of ways. I could give a shear and start a shear. Is the body a good thing or is the body a nebach, a bedievet? That's fine, and you talk about a body. Sources here, sources there. But what Chassidus does is, we're not going to talk about a body. We'll talk also about it. You go back all the way to the beginning and appreciate the whole picture of existence and beyond existence. And then, automatically, there's an infection here. We identify the challenge within the context of, of the entire organism. Zois Adam. Torah is also an organism. You can look at a, a detail, a sugya, or you could see a sugya in context of the whole picture. So what I'm saying it has to do with 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 hashkaf. It also has, even has to do with how you learn. <laughs> learning also, there's holistic learning, and there's individualized learning. You're learning a sugya about boyer. You learn boyer. Learning a sugya about tikkas chametz. Tikkas chametz. You're learning a sugar about Erevin, is Erevin, you're learning a sugar about Brachas, you're learning about Gitna, about Kedushin, Nezikin, Shutfin, whatever. And it's true. It's a good doctor, he's a good doctor. He's not a bad doctor. Right? Or, Zoysa Torah Adam, you could trace back every sugya to the ultimate Nimshal, right? And then see the whole, whole picture, and each one is a manifestation of that. Now when you look at different debates in Judaism and different perspectives, you get to see the whole picture from the beginning and then you immediately know how to identify the detail from a much richer context, from a much richer place. And Bemela, when we speak about these types of questions, which are questions that still plague the Jewish world, they're questions that still, that still plague, and many similar questions, and not similar questions. When you can appreciate the truths of these ideas, what their messages, then you could see the manifestation all the way down to a question like a simple issue. And the simple issue is, how do you deal with simple? How do you deal with personality? With real personality? You know, some kids have that personality. What do you do? Do we ultimately want to 
squash it so that you could be an erlichiyid. What does it mean to be an erlichiyid? What does it mean to be an erlichiyid? Is that a generic term? What does it mean? So you should be like your older brother. <laughs> or maybe there's a different approach. And there's no, you're not going to see in Yiddishkeit one, there's going to be these different perspectives, and it's not a black and white thing. There's an emes here and an akude here. That's what we say, elu v'elu. Then there's halacha. <laughs> it's also true. And all this is based on this question. How you understand symptom? Is the helem, if the helem is the concealment that is the premise of this world, is it authentic? Really authentic? Or is it just perception? It's a matter of perception. Real perception. That's why we call it symptom. <laughs> it's real perception, not fake perception. It's not an optical illusion. That's a good question. That's a good question you're asking. <laughs> He said the Rakhachavar had this shit of learning. Rakhachavar really did, does. Is he speaking al pichsidus? Does he, is he familiar with the world of pichsidus? I think the best way to answer the question is he was somewhat familiar, although it was not his uh, was not his thing. He was certainly familiar with a lot of it. Uh, his background was uh, Chabad, Kapos, Kapos, Kapos de Chazad, that's from the Tzamech Tzedek, one of the Tzedek's children. Um, I'll compare it to uh, modern physics is very, very, uh, is quite insane because it opened up scientists to a world that was very different. Quantum mechanics, paradoxes are converging, things are not what they seem, what seems physical is really spiritual. What is spiritual becomes physical. It's a whole new world. Quantum mechanics itself is not Judaism. It's science. And you can have respected quantum mechanists who call themselves atheists. I don't have to tell you. But when you see the marshal as a marshal, that basically is a place that is a bridge to the divine in the world of science. So I would say that the Rakhachavar's Torah is the bridge, it's the missing link between the world of Nigla and the world of Nister. Because his formulations are Nigla formulations. They're, they're Lumdisha formulations. Yes, he includes a lot from Nebuchim and philosophy, that was his thing. But they're essentially Nigla Dika formulations. But they are the link, his formulations are are the, the, I would say, the highest level of the marshal that lead you straight into the nimshal. You get what I'm saying? I do, because there's a Ramban in this week said, we used the word about the Ibn Ezra, by the way, in the first few Pesukim. Uh, he, he says he loves the Ibn Ezra, right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Rakhachava put everything in terms of Chaymer and Surah and... Like Rokachava writes somewhere, there's a, there's a, in Baba Metziah, in the beginning of Baba Metziah, Davches, Davtes, there's a machloikus about Reuchiv and Manhig. Somebody who's, uh, I spoke about it once, somebody's Manhig. He's Reuchiv, somebody who's riding the horse or the donkey, and somebody who's Manhig, right? And the Gemara, the Gemara discusses the mile in each. So the Rokachava says, it's, it's Mamala Kala, he says, this is Mamale and this is Saiviv. That's what he says. Like an example, you know, so you have that, you see right away the the bridge. But although in his in his Torah he doesn't he doesn't directly go to the world of Ruchnius, of, of, of Kabbalah, of Chassidus. It's not direct, but it's like <laughs> it's like you just gotta open the door. You just gotta kick the door up.
Chassidim, we knew that he can, he can eat, not essen wie er eat, schlufen wie er eat. So it's not... So it's not simple, forget, it's part of, part of the idea. That's the shayla, is eating a void of Hashem. Oh, you have to eat. You say sure. No, you have to eat, yeah, because that's how... Everybody says you have to eat. But, yeah. the, but if you eat like 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 the Irish devil, then it becomes a bit of a sermon. Oh, tell us a fun. Remember Fanarbet? Remember Fanarbet? You're right. But you saw that there was an avoider by a lot of Jews, Grace Yidin, to fast as often as possible. Why? That's to torture the body to the Why do they want to torture themselves? And many of them, it wasn't torture ultimately, it was tainuk. And that's when it could work. <laughs> the physical world is, is a waste of time. And you understand it, we can understand it. All of finding intermediate fasting. I got, I've been following about an abyssal in the marshal. <laughs> this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.